What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. That's what we do every week. And this week, you want to keep doing that? I did really like talking about aliens, but I think we should oh, stick to our roots. Kind of forgot. We talked about aliens a lot last week, a good which, bit, was, yeah. which was pretty good. Hope you <laughs> enjoyed that. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about training your employees and how your employees can train themselves to take themselves from kind of an entry level position in the trades to really yeah. blossoming, coming into their own yeah. as a master. Yeah, moving from a laborer position to a more skilled craftsman. Love that. Yeah. And I think it is a multifaceted attack. It has to come from the employee and from uh, management leadership Mm -hmm. uh, to really cultivate that growth. So we're going to talk about it from both angles and uh, really get into it. We got got a couple, couple good resources, couple things to touch on with that. So I think hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully. Hopefully. Oh, <laughs> oh, I hope so. Oh, I really hope so. Uh, anyway, how was your vacation? It was very nice. Where'd you go? Uh, my kitchen. Wow, that's so nice. <laughs> I did spend a couple days at the beach, okay. and then I came home, and we are redoing our kitchen, so I redid my kitchen for vacation. and Not done yet, though, right? It's not done yet, no. Not even close. Well, maybe like halfway, I'd say. Okay. So we're moving. We're moving. We're moving along. You're not going backwards. Not not going backwards. We had to go backwards in the beginning for sure. Yeah, always now have we're, to. Yeah, now we're moving now you're backwards. finally moving moving forwards. Love Progress to hear that is being made now. Yeah, but it was nice. I was glad. I needed a I needed a little a little mental refresh. So I'm glad that I had that. And uh, now you yeah you're taking a little vacation. It doesn't count because it's not a full week. But you are two going days. away. <laughs> it's two days. <laughs> two days isn't a full week. It's not. Yeah. I'm a very important businessman, so it's yeah. hard for me to really, you know, group a whole oh, week yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going down the shore to the beach very for exciting. a couple nights, which should be cool. With the family. With the family. Nice little family vacay. A little full family vacay. It should be nice. That's now, very nice. being that uh, you're home most of the time, yeah, and you were working on a kitchen, so yeah. still, you know, doing some, doing some. Uh, were you, were you doing any of the yeah. labor? You getting after? I it? was. Um, anytime supervisor. So Pat. My husband had his crew there. So they were doing the majority of the work. And I had the best job where if I didn't want to do something, I would go, I'm on vacation. So then I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> but when they were doing things that I wanted to do, I would, I was helping. Nice. I was doing stuff. Or, you know, they'd be like, oh, we forgot this at Home Depot. And I'll be like, I'll go do that Home Depot run. Home Depot run. So you got to do it. I did the fun it. stuff. I did the fun stuff, which was very nice. That's awesome. Did you, since you were on vacation, like on the checkout aisle, get some candy? I didn't. I should have. Should have. I always forget that they have candy there. I'm usually oh, yeah. laser focused on those Red Bulls. That's where oh, I go yeah. to. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so did you feel like you still got a uh, refreshed mindset, mind, body, soul refresh with, uh, even though you weren't like away? Yeah, I definitely did because I feel like when, I feel like the the mentality of vacations where you really get like a mental refresh is like forgetting that you have a job. Like you just have this like freedom to do whatever you want. And I still felt like I had that. Like okay. I didn't have to be anywhere at a certain time. I didn't have to like rush through my morning routine to make sure I got in the car at a certain time. Like I was just kind of doing what I wanted without, which does 
eventually lead to like a bit of stress for me because I feel like I'm forgetting something constantly when I'm like mm-hmm. not like, especially with like, you know, sometimes I'll go home and I'll post or like I usually have something to do at like many points in the day. So like, like seven o'clock would come around and be like, oh God, do I have to make a post or something? You know, you get that little bit of a gut feeling like, oh yep. God. Or I, you know, I, that still never did, went away. I did have access to a phone. So I was also caught like watching what you guys were doing. Okay. And I would be like, oh, he hasn't posted yet. Is he going to post? Should I post? Like, what do I do? Uh, so I did have a little bit of that. So it didn't go fully away, but for the most part okay. it did, which I felt was very nice. But you feel refreshed. Yeah. You think it was good to take that vacation? Definitely. And, uh, I do not regret taking a vacation. Yeah. It was, perfect. It was worth it. <laughs> awesome. Love to hear that. And I'm looking forward to getting away for, for just a couple days. I yeah. think that'll be nice. And we're just going uh, Thursday night and Friday night. And then we're going to come home Saturday night. That way... You know, we get away for a couple of days, but uh, we get to wake up at home on Sunday. And, and I, I like to, I hate when you come home from vacation on Sunday and you got to go to work on Monday. Yeah, you know, you really need just a feel buffer like you're day. In a, a whirlwind. Yeah. Not that I'm going to go home and do anything to get prepared for the week, but <laughs> I'll have that mentality like, oh, I'm going to do all these things that I need to do to get prepared for the week. But yeah. Now, buffer day is key. I agree with that. Buffer day is key. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Glad that you had a great vacation. Uh, we got a lot done in boys week. So that was cool. I we know. You to keep make talking sure about you it. were proud when you got back. Were you proud? <laughs> I was very proud. Yes. Good to hear. Good to hear. I was left out on all the inside jokes though. <laughs> and we're just going to continue that. <laughs> Uh, what happens during boys week stays in boys week boys or whatever week. <laughs> yeah. boys week's great uh anyway let's get into the let's get into the meat of the episode here unless Main you got any potatoes. is there any new alien news um i haven't seen any but i will keep the people posted okay if I do. perfect <laughs> all right so turning from a laborer to a skilled craftsman how why don't we start with your journey on that because <sighs> you started off with yet. a labor well, yeah, you're a more skilled craftsperson than you used to be, and you started off as like a laborer working for your dad. So, yeah, was it something that was nurtured within you, or did you seek out that path for yourself? Did you have an interest in learning more? Or did you just happen to learn more? I think I just had like learning more about carpentry uh, was more of a byproduct of my passion for design. So okay. it was interesting. I love designing these spaces. I love seeing the transformation of before coming up with this idea, building it and seeing it come to fruition. So like that was the part that I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that, you either need to know how to build it or be established enough to hire people that know how to do it. Uh, I was neither of those things. So I just had to learn on the fly. Mm. I feel like I was lucky to just have like the familiarity with tools and with, you know, vernacular and, and all of that around the trade. So it was a little bit easier for me to jump in. It wasn't like I was coming completely green to the industry. It was, I knew all the tools. I knew, you know, how to do certain things. I'd seen a lot of stuff get done. I just didn't have the skills myself to like know the intricacies of how to frame something or or whatever it was. But that was what propelled me to start to learn how to build. Hmm. That's very interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a byproduct of design. You needed yeah. to get better at that part because I didn't thought of that. 
Okay. Yeah. So I had, I'm like, glad I had worked with my dad, uh, you know, summers after schools for years, but a lot of that was more labor. It right. was like clean up or, you know, moving stuff, like not a whole lot of fine finish work and, right. and like really intricate stuff. And then I did work for my father-in-law for a short period uh, for a couple months. And at that point he was doing a lot of additions. So he had a really good carpenter uh, working for him at the time. And it was basically me and this guy, Brian. And he definitely taught me a lot. I learned a lot uh, in those, it was probably six months or so that, that I worked uh, with him and really get to see the bones of a structure come together. So we were coming in, the foundation was done and we were framing it from the ground up and getting to do kind of everything in between, which was really cool to see from a high level, all the pieces that go into an addition, which Mm. if you can build an addition, you can build a house, you know, same thing. So uh, all those framing principles and stuff, I feel like I learned a lot of that core stuff at that juncture in my life and uh then really getting deck specific when i started doing outdoor design was okay i have i have some skills i I have a general knowledge of all the tools and and everything that's involved but now i need to learn the specific ins and outs of something like building a deck Mm. because building a deck is very basic at its core, you know, especially if you're just doing a, a basic deck, it's like yeah. just a box on the ground. You're basically building a floor and then putting deck boards on it. But I wanted to take those simple, simple elements and techniques and build on them to really develop systems and processes that made our projects as good as they could possibly be. Yeah. So that's where that deep dive into the specifics of that little niche that we're in started hmm. and that was like trial by fire. It was like, get in there, sell a job and then figure out what to do. Yeah. So how much, what, I mean, I guess I vaguely knew that you worked for this addition company for a while. Yeah. But like, how long was that? I just said like about six months, probably. Oh, six months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's a substantial amount of time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was able to see a couple projects start to finish, um, you know, and, and bounce around to other things in between to see just, just different aspects of a, a full build. And, uh, yeah, that's what really, that's what really propelled me to start my own business. So mm-hmm. I was working for a landscaper. Uh, this is probably like, I want to say 2000. Well, I was with Sarah because we're talking about Sarah's dad. It was probably like 2010, maybe. Okay. Long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I was working for a landscaper and he needed somebody for uh, for his business. He was looking for another employee. And he's like, hey, Sean, how about you quit your job? You come work with me. I'll teach you about carpentry and everything. And I was like, okay. I, I didn't really have like a stable career right. trajectory at this. It was just kind of a job. So I was like, cool. Sounds great. So I worked with him for, you know, five, six months or something like that. And he was like, look, work's slowing down a little bit. I got to let you go. And I feel really bad about it, but I'll tell all my friends to hire you to cut their lawns, start your own landscaping business. So I think, uh, because he felt bad, he had to, he, he told me to quit my job, <laughs> hired me and then had to let me go like six months later. Cause work was slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, 
look, this is the best thing that could happen to you. Just start cutting lawns. I'll call all my friends and, you know, a couple of them will hire you. And that's what happened. And then I started cutting lawns. Mm, okay. So I don't think I've ever really, really shared that, that, uh, that part of my journey. Yeah. I don't so, think you have. Interesting, I guess. That is interesting. Um, I feel like that laborer time period, like every, well, I mean, most carpenters, I guess, go through that like laborer period when they're just starting out. When you don't know anything, you're just going to be the person that carries stuff or gets stuff. or yeah. And I feel like that breaks a lot of people's spirits because you're not really going to be that hands-on. And I'm watching that right now with Pat because Pat has employed his little brother who just graduated high school. Yeah. And, um, you know, most people want to be a good employee and they want to, you know, have the gumption to go try new things and like, be like, no, I'll help you with that, you know. Yeah. And uh, sometimes things in carpentry can be like, a, either very costly to fix if, if somebody does it wrong or B, it can be like dangerous. Yeah. So you don't want to just let these kids like, you know, go out and do whatever they want, but they still need to learn. So I bet that's like a, a fine balance between like breaking somebody's spirit. Yeah. By keeping them in that laborer position. Yeah. Rather than like letting them learn that new stuff, like in a supervised manner. So he wants to like try to cut tile and install tile or something and pat's like you're not ready for that yet is that what you're saying or he's like scared to even try it no no no. he wants to try it he's he's, he wants to learn and like he's um he just graduated high school yeah in the in the whatever in may um so this is like what he wants to do he wants to learn all this stuff because this is he wants this to be his career so he's like he's excited and he's hungry um but i know for me personally if i was like young and hungry and then someone's like you can't do that because you don't know enough yet i'd be like all right, well, <laughs> bye. Cause I'm going to go do my own thing. Cause I can, you know, I can do whatever I, I set my do, mind yeah. to. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, so I bet that's a, that's a, I bet a lot of people find themselves in that position and it's probably hard to navigate that like mentor role of someone between like teaching them properly and not wanting to break their spirit, you know, like but, and harness yeah. that young hungry energy but do it in a way that's not going to be counterproductive right. to the job that you're currently working on. Yes. yes. You see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think that's how a lot of people get, get stuck in the spot of business that they are because like, it's almost always easier to be like, you know, I'll just do it. Like right. I'm here. I'll do it. I'll like, what's, what's the point of like taking this extra time to teach you? You're going to be slower to start. Yeah. Like you're not going to do as good as I am all these things. So a mm-hmm. lot of people just get stuck in that, that area of growing a business. And for a lot of people, that's fine. Like that's what they want to do. They want to be hands on. They want to yeah, be the person that's actually doing all of the installation and the building. So there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a delicate balance between like taking that little bit of a step back to propel you forward. Right. And the only way you're going to do that is by like, empowering and teaching the people around you, especially in the beginning, because you're probably not going to be able to hire somebody that's more experienced than you. A lot of times, you know, you're going to have to get somebody that starts out making a low wage because you're just starting out and then train that person to hopefully learn everything that you know, and then eventually surpass your skills. Yeah. That's the goal, I think. Yeah. So I have a I have a couple different ways I want to dissect this. Okay. Number one, uh, I want to go from 
you are the employee. You are the employee. How do you propel yourself to that next level? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think there's ideally it's a it's a two headed monster. It's a company culture that wants to empower you and lift you up and take you uh, to the next step in your career. And also, you need to have that that want and desire in you to be better. Right. So. I guess we'll start there from the individual that wants to ex- excel and succeed. Yeah. Um, I think you have to have that within you. Yeah. Like that is like a core element that somebody just has to have that thing where they want to learn. They are open to guidance. They're open to constructive criticism and they just want to be a sponge and they want to soak up as much as they can. Uh, because some people just like see the cool stuff. They're like, oh, I don't want to. All we're doing is picking up trash all day today. Like, that's all you need me to do. Like, you can hire anybody to do that. Yeah. I think you need to have that that gumption to like be there, put everything that you have into it. And especially in the beginning, just you need to be a sponge and watch. Yeah. You need to tread that balance between being really helpful and anticipating what you know, whoever you are like working under what they need next and okay. also asking questions when it's appropriate and it's not like getting in the way. But mostly I feel like you can come so far by just watching and paying attention to what's happening mm-hmm. and you can really soak that in. Yeah. What yeah, do you think? Yes. I think that that's, especially when people are new, that's where like hiring for personality comes into play because that's the kind of person that you want to hire is that like young, hungry person who is a sponge and who just wants to learn and take it all in and they're taking the initiative to learn more. So as an employee, just constantly be seeking out more knowledge. Like we were talking about earlier, going when you go to these trade shows and they have those those educational portions. Yeah. Like we go to trade shows all the time. I've never been to one. We were talking about today and I was like, maybe I should go to some of these things, but yeah, seek out those opportunities to learn, learn from, learn from the crew that you're on, learn from the people that are around you. But there's also a million other ways to do the same thing that you're doing. So seek out knowledge from other people as well. Like that's why like staying on the same crew is great. Cause you get to know those people, but there's also kind of a benefit to learning from other people so then you can decide how the best way that you want to do something is too. Yeah. So yeah, being I being a sponge is like the best quality of of any employee, just learning, constantly being hungry for education. Yeah, absolutely. Um I I also think that if you are that type of person that just wants to soak up information, it can also filter out to other parts of your life like I think to really excel you you have to have a passion for some aspect of it. Like for me, it yeah. was the design. That's what propelled me to want to learn how to, to build the stuff because I needed to. Um, you can be somebody that's just very passionate about just the, the actual act of carpentry itself. Mm-hmm. Like you can just like your passion is developing your own skill set. Doesn't you don't necessarily have to care about the design or, or whatever. It's just you really take pride in your craft of what yeah. you're doing and you can get a lot of that from stuff online now like social media like outside of work like you're soaking in pictures and videos of other people doing stuff and seeing how they do it and how many times like when we're just sitting at lunch 
does somebody like bring up a video like, Oh, did you see the thing that they did? And, and then like, we're sitting there having lunch and we're having a conversation about how somebody built something yeah, and just things like that. If you're somebody that when lunchtime comes around, you want to just like go on your phone and not think about carpentry or trades at all. It's going to be really hard to like really excel. Like you have to have a passion for it that makes you want to do things like follow other people that are doing similar things and, and really like just having a curiosity about it. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, that's... Because it's definitely something to think about. It is, so do you have, it is definitely something to think about. Okay. I have also been thinking about it as it, you were talking. And you have thoughts? I have thoughts, yeah. That's perfect. Um, I like the way that you said that where you identify your passion, like what you want out of it. Like design yeah. is your passion. You are a designer. Like with Anthony, I think Anthony really enjoys like the technical build part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so in identifying your passion that can propel you forward. And also it kind of helps you find your role on a crew. And you can kind of learn, you know, if you identify another carpenter, who's just really passionate about the carpentry, you can partner up with him and learn from him or, uh, Glenn, when we interviewed him, the, the code guru, like his thing Glenn is code. Matthewson. And I think that his passion might be following rules. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's like you, he identified what his passion was and he has like really gone with that and he found his niche 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 it's either niche or niche niche it's not whatever you said niche 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 it's not niche no that's not one of the words okay niche no. he found his niche in following rules and he really you know made a career out of that. So I think that yeah. find, like identifying what your, what your passion is. You can have many passions. Like, like you, your design is your passion, but you also do like sometimes building. Sometimes so, you know, building. you, can, yeah. you can like do a couple different things, but My I think that if you design and sometimes building, <laughs> if you identify your passion, then you have a point to work towards. Yeah. And that is especially probably very motivating when you are a laborer. Cause you're kind of figuring it out. Then you're figuring out what, if anything you like, you know, like yeah. it is a hard job ultimately. Um, and when you are just in that entry level laborer position, there might not be a whole lot to like grasp onto. Cause you're just kind of, there's a lot of information that you're taking in and depending on what kind of crew you have. Yeah. Might not be the most welcoming, uh, warm, cozy feeling, you know, people mm -hmm. have a lot of horror stories about their entry level positions. Um, but you are, you're witnessing a lot. You can see a lot. You can see, you know, what, will be then your motivating factor to, to uh, springboard your career. Yeah. Yeah. When you are just getting in as an entry level position, you're probably, depending on the company that you're with and, and all of that, you're probably going to get a lot of different experience. You're going to be helping yeah. this person and then be this person's helper the next day and just mm -hmm. get like a little bit of some different aspects and you will hopefully hone in on something that like you really gravitate towards and that's what you're going to like really make your thing. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of advantages to coming in to a trade career as just a laborer, like mm -hmm. maybe not going to a tech school and like thinking I'm going to be a framing carpenter, like yeah. just getting a job on a construction site and being a laborer and seeing all the different aspects. And then you can like slowly find like, what you're really passionate about. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but that's kind of a, a foundational element to all these positions. <laughs> you're going to have to enjoy the hard work aspect of it, or at least 
get through it yeah. and tolerate it. So I feel like th- there's got to be a better way around this for like the kids who are coming up and you know, like we've talked about trade schools many times before, but like we have the high school, yep. the tech high school or whatever. Um, and you kind of have to pick your path without knowing anything, which I guess is really yeah. how college and everything works, but they should really take kids to these, to a job site, let them kind of get a feel for it. Maybe they like the engineering portion of it. Maybe they do like the design yeah. portion of it. Maybe they like the <laughs> nitty gritty technical building part of it. Yeah. But you don't really, how are you supposed to know until you're like there and hands on? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just imagining like a bus full of uh, <laughs> ninth graders that just are on a construction site. <laughs> yeah, and it's maybe. Like, All right, field trip's over. What do you want to be? <laughs> you want to do HVAC? Are you... Stan, are you sure? <laughs> really? Nothing wrong with HVAC. I'm just kidding, but just randomly <laughs> picked that one. But uh, yeah, I'm just imagining just a crew of like people actually working and then a bus full of ninth graders come. They're like, oh, come on. Yeah. What is <laughs> happening? Do with this today? Come on. Should I get this done and go home? Uh, uh, but still, I think that the same point stands. It's like you should really take the time to figure out which part of it you like and which you don't like. Yeah. I feel like especially in the trades, people kind of get pigeonholed into like what job they can find that pays the most at that moment. Yeah. And then you're just kind of stuck doing that for a while because that's what you then gain your experience in. That is a little bit tough because you see all the time like – I feel like the number one thing you see when you see a meme about trades and, you know, uh, like salaries and uh, you could be Connor that went to college and has yeah. 200 grand in debt and a liberal arts degree, or you could be Kyle. He's a plumber and made money all four years and now makes $6 million a year as a plumber. <laughs> I feel like plumbers and electricians like are always like those They're two things examples, that are like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you can make a ton of money as a plumber and electrician, which you definitely can. And, but you can with a lot of other things right. as well. Uh, and those are two things where you really do need more trade specific, mm-hmm. like to really excel at it. Like you really need to train under a master plumber or yeah. a master electrician because there's much more extensive licensure that you need to, right. to get under your belt. So that can be like a little bit weird to say start your journey in ninth grade at a tech school and say i want to be a plumber and it's like have you done like any yeah like why yeah would you use a plunger and you thought this is cool (laughs) uh so that can be but still even if you go and you want to be a plumber (laughs) thank you appreciate that um very funny guy so make note of that uh but even if you do go to school to, to tech school to be a plumber, a lot of those uh, skills are going to transfer into other trades. So you could like get out of high school, go work for somebody as an apprentice and realize you don't like it. And a lot of those skills are still going to transfer. What is so funny? I don't know why that really just made me laugh really hard. Because it's a great joke what? and I'm hilarious. <laughs> what did you use a plumber and you thought it was cool? A plunger. A plunger. <laughs> would you use a plumber one time and thought this is cool? Uh, yeah. Sorry, that really... It was going. That one got me. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You forgot how funny I was on vacation. I did. I must have, yeah. yeah. That one... All right, anyway. got me. Anyway. All right, well, I think we've talked about that portion of it Ooh, enough. Yeah, I think we got uh, that point across. Another thing that, that I want to touch on is whether... It's still from the same vantage point of being the learner, not the learnee. Yeah. Right? Sure. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some people 
are never going to like really excel. Are you still thinking about that joke? <laughs> it looks like you're. Oh my god. Sorry. Some people are never going to excel. <laughs> some people are never going to excel under the direction of somebody else. Like they're not the type mm. of learner that can just like take in information. Somebody shows you how to do something. <laughs> are you still laughing about that? <laughs> Oh, now I feel like you're laughing about it. I'm not laughing you're about <laughs> it. I'm a, I'm the consummate <laughs> professional where this is a live talk show. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Trial and error kind of learner. Trial and error kind of learner. Exactly. Right. That's exactly how I am. So mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to like, I just think I always look like I go about figuring things out in a much different way. Like sometimes mm-hmm. me and aunt have that, disconnect when he's explaining something like the way that he wants to do it. And I'm looking at it from like the way that I would figure out, which is like, just like a, (laughs) a very roundabout way. Um, yeah. You know, I think I just, and you see that with things like how people solve a math problem. Like how do you figure out what 22 times 40 is? Like what is your method for going about that? Do you times 20 times 40 and then two times 40 and add that together? You know what I mean? Like you can, come at a problem from a lot of different directions. Uh, So I think there's those different ways to learn and some people really need to be hands-on and they need to be in control. They need to be like, like everything needs to come back to them. Like I'm the only one here that has to figure this out. So uh, I think that's how I am. Like if somebody is more experienced than me and I'm like second or third in command on a site, like I'm going to defer to those other people. And that's how I was when I worked, uh, with this guy, Brian for, for my father-in-law. Yeah. Um, I would like, you know, I was just trying to be like the best helper, but I wasn't like really grasping those high level things because I'm somebody that needs to like, look at the problem, just think about it in my own way. And then, kind of experiment and like figure it out in my head how I'm going to do it. I can't just listen to somebody say, okay, you take this measurement, cut that angle, put it up here. I need to like, I just go about it a different way. And I think some people need to do that to really grow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that everybody is to like a certain extent, like, yeah, I mean, Here's my example. Okay, yeah. All right, Scooter. Scooter. Young Scooter. Young used to Josh, work. yes. They used to work with us. Right. Um, developed into a fine carpenter. He, you know, he worked with us for, uh, I don't know, four, maybe four years. A long time. Yeah. He was just a young little 19-year-old when he started with us. So the young little boy. He grew up into to a full-grown man. Uh, fine young gentleman. Fine young gentleman. And... He eventually left. He wanted to work and learn some interior stuff mm-hmm. and uh, work for somebody else for a little bit. And now he's doing his own thing and he's building this two-story addition. And uh, I saw him recently. He showed me pictures and I'm like, that's awesome. He's doing great. It looked awesome. And uh, I was really impressed. And I think he's the type of person that like, he needs to go about it his own way. And like, you know, it might be a little bit... Uh, you know, different roundabout way. Like he needs to be hands-on, figure it out. Like, here's the thing I need to do. I'm the one that needs to do it. And I need to come up with my own plan here. Hmm. You know, I think some people will fall in line more and like not 
they need to be on their own to take that full initiative. And that's where you really learn. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what would you say that Scooter's driving motivator is? Um, I think he's just a, he's just a hard worker. He wants to be. No, no, no. We just said you got to what you got to figure oh, okay. out what's your driving motivator. I think it's just to be like a really good carpenter, a builder. He cares about th- the carpentry. The, yeah, the I don't think he's stuff. caring about the uh, the design so much. You know, it's mm-hmm. more like you know, I built this. I okay. think just like the 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 process of putting it all together and building. Building is yeah. his motivating factor. Yeah, and figuring all that stuff out. Yeah, and he's doing a fine job. I'm very proud of him. That's interesting because I do feel like when you when when that specifically is your motivating factor, that can go one of two ways. Where like Anthony, I, his motivating factor is one hundred percent like technical carpentry stuff. Yeah, and he loves that. Like you just say we're building this, and here's the plans, and now you make it happen. And he says, "Okay, yes, I will do that." And then he does it. Yeah, but also for someone like Scooter, like working under somebody else could be very demotivating because he wants to be the one to like figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people just work better in different situations. Like, like I said, I'm the same way. If, if there's somebody else that is more experienced, like, like there's one person that needs to figure out all the problems and like Mm -hmm. come up with all the solutions. I mean, not necessarily one person, but like one person is going to take the charge on that. Mm -hmm. So if I'm on a job site and this person is 10 times more experienced than me, why am I going to waste time? Like sitting there trying to like, come up with my solution when they're going to come up with, they've been through this a hundred times. They're going to figure something out faster, probably better, but there's a certain type of learning that needs to be done where you are the one that is troubleshooting all these things. And there is no going to be no solution unless you come up with it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes sense. That does make sense. But you know what they say? What? They don't make dollars. It don't make sense. Oh, True. Got a point it's partially there. about the cheddar. It is. It has to be partially about the cheddar. Yeah, it's not all about the cheddar, but it is. Partially. We haven't said that in a while. Yeah. It's <laughs> partially <laughs> about the Parmesan. Parmesan. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't know that, but uh, <laughs> my name, Sean, is short for Parmesan. <laughs> so something to think about there. Uh, all right. So if you are an employer and you're trying to motivate your employees to move. Well, okay. Before we get into that. I have a very good pop quiz for you. Okay. Okay. What is, if you have a problem that needs a solution, what is the best angle to come at that problem from? 45. No. (laughs) Is this a joke? No. It's a metaphor for life. Okay. The best angle to come at a problem, triangle. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? I liked it. It's true. It's a great. It's, it's a, true. That's a great metaphor for life. I know. And not at all a joke. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Uh, okay. Anyway, okay. so you as an employer, how do you motivate your employees to go from, you know, a labor position to into some sort of skilled craftsperson role? Well, that's very, that's very easy and straightforward. Um, <laughs> I go out there and I say, come on, guys, isn't this so much fun? Are you guys... <laughs> This is so fun. Look at what we're doing. It's so cool. Right? And it works every time, right? Yeah. No, I think, uh, again, there's there's a couple different ways that you go about this, and it evolves with the growth of the business. Initially, 
when I was the most experienced person in the company Mm -hmm. from a building perspective, it was really hopefully finding the people that had that initial uh, desire to learn. And then my best way of trying to uh, like get that across that, that excitement and that passion was through the design. So like, that's the language that I speak. So like, that's, that was my way of trying to get people excited about it to learn more to like, you know, say, all right, we're building this. And like, look, this is how it's going to, it's going to finish. Like right now you're just cutting stair stringers, but like we're cutting these because then we're going to do this really cool detail. So like, that's why it needs to be nice and straight and plumb. Like that's always the way that I came at Hmm. it from. Okay. Which works for some people probably doesn't work for others, but that's just the thing that I could relate to. And that's, I guess, especially initially, that's what you, that's like your stance on it. That's your perspective. And like, that's the easiest thing to try to convey to somebody. Um, I think as, as the company grows and you hire more people and you get better at hopefully finding those people that have that sense of wanting to grow and wanting to learn. Um, I think it comes down to giving them responsibility, giving them uh, a little bit of a longer leash with making some decisions and being able to give somebody a task and step back and let them make mistakes. That I think is the hardest thing that gets in the way of growth of people's employees. Mm. So many people have the attitude that like, it's just going to be easier if I do it. It's going to be faster. What is the point of me stepping back and letting you do this thing when I know I'm going to do it better and faster? So, and that's a really hard thing to do. It was a really hard thing for me to do initially was to give up any bit of control over especially the things that were really important to me, like those finishing details. I wanted to do it. And now that we're three years into Anthony working here, he was the first person that came along with much more skills than I had. Mm -hmm. So that was almost like it would be silly for me to not defer to him on, on a lot of stuff, you know, like, and he probably would have left because he'd be like, I'm not going to (laughs) like take orders from him on, you know, how to do something when I know how to do it better. So that was that, that first experience of having to let go of some control. And I think that is the thing that empowers people to want to get better. And yeah, I don't know. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense? It did. It did. Yeah. You didn't seem convinced. It well, only made a little sense. Well, I feel like when you said you tried to get people hyped on the design portion of it because that's what you get hyped on. Yeah. I feel like I disagree with that a little bit. I think that you, as a leader, you need to figure out what motivates your employees and yeah. kind of speak to them in their language, what gets them excited. Yeah. And even use that as like a little you know, you dangle a little, little bit of carrot, like, okay, we need to get this stuff done that I know, you know, isn't your focus. It's not your, you know, it's going to suck for a little bit, but at the end of it, you get to do this thing that you want and you get to learn this thing that you want. Like that's how it, like you have to motivate your people. And also just learning like 
getting to know your employees well enough to know when they're unsatisfied, you know, like most people will, if not verbally, like, and communicate when they're unhappy, they'll like, they'll show you in their work performance and like being mindful of that and being on top of that and being like, are they just having a bad day or are they really not liking this position anymore? And is it not a right fit for them? And is it not, is it not working out because they're not happy with everything or is it just because I'm not giving them the opportunities that they want? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Did that totally. Make sense? That made uh, so much more sense than what I said. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're pointing out a huge flaw in how I tried to motivate people in the beginning because it was the vantage point that I had. So it's natural to to share your vantage point right. and, and try to like share that, like show somebody the excitement through your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um but you you really do need to know what motivates them and what what the idea of success looks like to them and make sure that um, just like you have a vision for the company of where you want to go and every decision that you make is hopefully kind of pushing you closer to that grand vision. Uh, you know, you might meander along the way and test some things out, but you kind of have this like guiding light that you're following. It's the same thing with what, the success looks like to each employee. Like mm-hmm. what is their vision for where they want to be? Yeah. Um, that's something I could absolutely get much better at. And it's, it's, uh, that's a tough part of leadership. Like really yeah. intimately, like knowing the driving forces behind all your employees and, and success is going to look different to every person. Right. You know? So really, uh, I'm going to make a note of that. That's, that's, that's something I could be more mindful of. I, I like yeah. that. Thank you so much for that. I do you appreciate that welcome. so much. And also I know I'm, I'm a notorious vibe checker at work. Do you? No, <laughs> no. But partially it is because I feel like building it in general has like a high burnout rate yeah. for employees. So I do feel like it's important to really stay on top of like how people are yeah. feeling and yeah. acting and performing you're like all these carpentry men just stuff their feelings down let's I know, talk about geez. it all these men need to go to therapy <laughs> yeah they do everybody should go to therapy I yeah, think, every, so. I, yeah i do actually stand behind uh, that every single person should but i i feel like it's you know it's natural for people to like stuff that kind of stuff down when they're not happy at work and then you kind of you know you you can overall see it when people are unhappy and you can kind yeah. of and especially like after somebody has a blow up and they quit and they're like I hated it here. And you're like, mm, okay, now that did check out. You know, you have been, yeah. you know, like you put the, put the pieces together. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's really, mo- it's important to be ahead of that and make sure that people are happy because when employees are happy and they're taken care of, they perform better. So yeah. it's all just a nice symbiotic relationship. If you pay attention to people's feelings. That's true. Catherine, how are you and now feeling? I'm a, now I'm a lady just talking about feelings. <laughs> Again, typical. Gosh, typical lady. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Work. <laughs> oh, my work. Yeah, I'm feeling. I am feeling great. Great, great. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think we've really. I think we came up with some pretty profound <laughs> stuff. I'm proud of us. We did a good job, I'm, didn't I we? I think we did a really good job on that little <laughs> that little part of the segment. But uh, I think that um, another thing that I personally love doing that we actually haven't done in a while is like employee reviews. And I I think that that was going to be like a, that would be a really helpful thing to like, if you are doing an employee review, like sit down with your employee and be like, you know, maybe not like 
on the spot, but think about what your driving factor is. Let me know what that is. And then we can work towards that together. Like, yeah, that's a great How exercise. How can I help you achieve your goals? Yeah. That's like a yeah. great exercise for an employee employer relationship to like move forward. I agree. Catherine, how can I help you achieve your goals? Hmm. Well, I'm on the spot now, so I'll need some time. To I was just kidding. It, but... It's private conversation. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That would be fun. Maybe to do an episode of like... Live employee reviews? Yeah. No. Maybe just for like a little bit. No. Just to see how it goes. What? No, that's... It's personal. This is, personal. Yeah, this is like... <laughs> these are intimate conversations that you... Okay. No one's right. going to tell you their true feelings if you're like, yeah... Welcome to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> what do you hate about work? And what is like no, I didn't really mean, no, not no, no, bringing no, no. I didn't mean bring fulfillment like, <laughs> into your life? I meant like we would give each other employee reviews, not like oh, okay. not we would bring in other employees. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I would agree to that. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that could be like a fun little exercise. Maybe. I bet a lot of people don't do employee reviews. Yeah. It might be a fun little exercise to show how they go. Yeah. And we're both open and honest. So I think so. <laughs> we could say anything. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, right. no, I think that would be good. So one of the other things I wanted to touch on was this mentality of that's not my job, which okay. I feel like people that comes up a lot. It's a it's a it's a buzzy thing to talk about. Like if an employee ever says that's not my job, then well, they're not the right employee. But on the other hand, it kind of helps set boundaries where people need to set boundaries for themselves personally. Absolutely. And also professionally, like absolutely finding your where you fit into a company. And sometimes sometimes people take advantage of other people and you need to say something like that's not my job. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that are we've really been in the weeds for a while here. We've been deep on like some real nitty gritty stuff. I think we need to break up this episode right now with our oh. bed sales story. You're right. You're right. This is perfect timing. Sponsored by Groundwork. Yeah. I mean, we're really getting heavy in the weeds yeah, there. You're right, you're and right, and right, we, need to, right. we need to break it we up. We need to lighten it up. Lighten and up the mood a little I have bit. A, I have a great story. Okay. I have a great story. So this is actually from my father-in-law who we actually oh. just talked about. Yes. Which is pretty funny. Um... He's a great guy. He's a great guy. We love Dave. Shout out to Slick. Uh, <laughs> instead of like, And he has the best stories, honestly. Yeah. Instead like, of like grandma and grandpa, Max is going to call him Slick. He still calls him Poppy right yeah. now, but I'm working on changing that. He's going to call him <laughs> Slick. But anyway, uh, he has the most outrageous stories of customers yeah, and like just like the most bizarre things happen to him <laughs> and they've all been verified and fact checked by <laughs> other people that have corroborated these stories. So, um, <laughs> He just told me this one recently and I thought it was just perfect for, <laughs> for this segment. So uh, he goes on an estimate and uh, I don't know what the timeline for this was. I think he said it was like early 2000s. So okay. he goes to the appointment and uh, knocks on the door. The person doesn't answer and um, he gets like a thing on the intercom saying, come on in. Like I'm in the living room or whatever. And he goes in and mm -hmm. this woman is, um, I guess, I guess overweight. She's bedridden. Okay. She's bedridden. She can't get up. And he's like, Oh, like, Hey, how are you? Like, um, you know, what are you thinking of having done? And she wanted like a full redo of the whole living room and dining room area and like new trim and like all the, all this like, like detailed trim work. Um, but she was, apparently bedridden and she was doing all of this uh through a laser pointer and she had this like type of 
like telescoping binocular on one eye of her mm-hmm. glasses. That monocle. She, like a monocle <laughs> over top of her glasses that could like zoom so that she could like point out like very specific details. And the whole time he's just like walking around the room while she is pointing with a laser pointer and using her little telescoping monocle, um, which he said that she claims she like invented this for her own, huh. <laughs> her own use. But it's a uh, useful tool. <laughs> he said it was just a very, very bizarre experience and um, a very interesting one. So yeah. uh, that would have been another interesting thing to see on a groundwork walkthrough. So, uh, and it's almost kind of like a video walkthrough. IRL. Yeah, IRL in real life. Um, He's got, we should have an episode just of his, like (laughs) his stories stories of like clients that he's actually worked for. So funny. Yeah. So many ridiculous stories, but uh, that's, that's the one for today. And uh, remember (laughs) you can do a better job at pre-qualifying your leads by using groundwork and use that code hardworking happy hour 50. Yes. 50% off your first two months. So, uh, and send us in your bad sales stories. Um, we have gotten a couple of them, but I wanted to, uh, this one, this one, he just told me this one. one I wanted to, I wanted to get (laughs) this one out. I just thought that was hilarious. So, uh, yeah, back to the show, back to the show. Okay. All right. So what do you think about the, not my job attitude? Uh, I think it is a delicate, it's a delicate balance. Um, my gut goes to most of the time somebody says that it's uh, a bad attitude thing. An excuse? I'd say most of the time in, in my experience or just, I don't know, in my initial thought of it, most of the time it's an excuse or just like, a, uh, you know, just just being lazy. But I think there is a very important space for hey that's not my job yeah and uh and i think it can help keep people in line and it can be it can be the best thing for the organization as a whole you know i think people probably say to me a lot hey that's not my job uh you say it to me all the time uh you're asking me me to go get your lunch out of your truck or something (laughs) i mean you're going that way (laughs) Uh, no, but it's somebody like me is not, uh, naturally systems oriented and processes driven. Mm -hmm. I'm more like, let's do this. Let's do that. I'm, I'm obviously more of a creative person, which tends me to be a, a little bit scattered sometimes. So it can help me when you say, I mean, within reason, when you say, Hey, that's not my job. Uh, because it's like, you know what? That's true. And if there's a lot of things that come up like that, where it's like, I'm not supposed to be doing that. It's like, okay, maybe this is a need that we need to hire for. Like maybe, Mm. maybe this is like a thing that needs to be done a lot that no one here is like hired for that. Right. Whatever it might be. Uh, Like, yeah, we, it might be time. The business has grown and we've done really well to hire a lunch getter. (laughs) I think it's it would be good. Didn't we already name your fake personal assistant? Uh, Jerry? Was it Jerry? Jerry, yeah. Yeah, that's Jerry. Jerry's Grab job. my lunch. <laughs> Grab my lunch. Yeah. And you know what? Go to go to McDonald's down the street and give me a give me a fountain DC. Diet Coke. Oh, they have the best DCs. Oh my, my gosh. God. 
such a nice treat after work. Oh, it's, stop it. I stopped yesterday for Did it. Did you? Yeah. Good. So good. So good. Good treat. Oh, it's a good great. treat. Oh, it's the best. Uh, but anyway, I feel like, especially in an entry level position. Yep. Hold on. Where, I have one more thought. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, kind of unrelated. I oh, went, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's related to what we were just talking about, but totally unrelated to anything trades based perfect. <laughs> perfect. Uh, went to McDonald's yesterday after work uh-huh. to get a large Diet Coke. Yes. Like 32 ounce. I mean, oh, we're talking big, big boy. Yeah. Uh, I also was very thirsty for hydration so i got a bottled water okay bottle of water a 20 ounce we're talking okay dollar 99 32 ounces of ice cold dc dollar 49 no wonder why people are just drinking back sodas it's cheaper it's cheaper it's cheaper i can't believe a bottle of water is two dollars but you know Topic for a different day Uh, i guess yeah (laughs) or just never or just never yeah anyway Um, anyway so i feel like it's really important for entry-level positioned people to feel comfortable setting boundaries because I do feel like they get taken advantage of a, a lot where it's kind of like, especially if you have some other, somebody else and you have this like rookie here and you're like, all right, go, you know, do this thing that I don't want to do. Yeah. You know? So I feel like it is kind of, that's where I find it hard to tread that balance where, you know, you should be hungry and taking every opportunity that you can. But if you are just being in a scapegoat for someone else's laziness, I feel like you should feel confident and speak up for yourself. Yeah. They'll probably get fired. You think? I I mean, it depends how new you are. And like, you know, if you're just like, I don't want to go get that drill. You left it in the truck. You should have brought it back here. Why didn't you tell me we needed that? I don't want to walk all the way over to the driveway. No, that, that's, yeah, that's, you know, uh, but yeah, there, there are, there is a time and a place for that. And, um, I think another way of making that a little bit, easier and more clear cut is to really invest time in coming up with job descriptions and a, a business structure, like an organizational chart. Yeah. Like, uh, that's something that I've never done. And we're in an interesting spot because we're only one crew. We don't yeah. really have those plans of expanding beyond one crew. So, uh, it's not as applicable. I think we could still do it and it'd be a good exercise, but I think if you are trying to scale in that traditional way of multiple crews, right. it's good to have an organizational chart. Like, hey, yeah, with defined roles. I'm the boss, yeah. CEO, CVO, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like how things get worked out as it goes down the chain. Yeah. Like whose responsibility is what. And that can not only point out like some bare spots where you're missing something, it also, uh, when you have things written down and planned out and uh, set, it allows you to then adjust them like with some sort of like thought. You know, right. you're not just willy nilly doing it. It's like, okay, this job description needs a tweak. The responsibilities mm-hmm. need a tweak. Um, and once you fine tune that and things work good and it's like everything's kind of getting done and everybody knows who's supposed to be doing what that's when you feel like you've really nailed it and you yeah. can move that structure and replicate it. Mm-hmm. So. Something to think about. Something to think about. Yeah. And I think that that also kind of, le- like when there is kind of like a bleed over between like those kinds of roles, uh, that's when things fall through the cracks. So you yeah. don't want to, you want to eliminate that as much as possible because I feel like that's also another instance where people are like, oh, I told what's his face to do that and he didn't do it. And then that guy's like, well, that's not my job. And then it's like, 
well, that's not my job. That's when things fall through the cracks. That's, yeah. you know. Or just like, oh, I thought, I thought he was doing that. Yeah. Or she was doing that. Right. Then nobody did that. Right. So it, it's, and it's always going to be a work in progress. Yeah. Trust me, it's a work in progress it's for us. <laughs> Especially for us. Jeez. Are we learning anything from our own podcast? Oh my God. We still have so much to work on. <laughs> um, you haven't figured this all out yet. Was, I think soon. Dang We're it. like We're just on there. the cusp of getting <sighs> everything figured out. And I guess Lamborghinis. That's when the Lamborghinis. Come. I think I so. Think. I think right, they just cool. show almost, up at some point. Like somebody calls eventually. Yeah, for, yeah. They'll set up delivery. I don't yeah. know. But once we're, we're getting there, we're, we're getting, getting everything figured out. Perfect. Uh, you think Christmas? Put it on the vision board and okay. make sure that like it's signified in some way that this, I own this before Christmas. Perfect. Okay. Like maybe your Christmas shopping in it on your Ooh, vision board. That would be cool. Yeah. So that how much like storage vision gods like? know that you need it before Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Anyway, we've gotten to the squirrely portion and we're in an hour. So really our time is up. Oh my God. Uh, vision boards might be a good thing to have employees do. Ooh. Like craft day. <laughs> something to think about. I bet that is something that a lot of people will adopt. A craft day. <laughs> I, think, I think that Anthony would love to do a craft day. Oh my gosh. Day. He would love to make a vision board. Out of everyone, he would be the most excited about that. I actually, a part of me kind of feels like you'd be like, this is so dumb. Like this, uh, Hand yes, me that uh, pink yeah. marker. I need to write something with it. Right, hold on. I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets like real into it. I can see that. I can see that. I can definitely see that. All right. Well, that is our happy hour. I hope you had as happy of an hour as we just did yes. presenting this to you. And uh, what do we say at the end? Like, uh, this is this has been the hardworking happy hour. You nailed it. We will see you next week. Clap. Round of applause for yourself. Yes. Do it louder so you can hear it. Yay. Good job. Thanks.